listening to an extra shot episode on the Project Zion podcast, a shorter episode that lets you get your Project Zion fix in between our full-length episodes. It might be shorter time-wise, but hopefully not in content. So regardless of the temperature at which you prefer your caffeine, sit back and enjoy this extra shot. Welcome to the Project Zion podcast. I'm your host, Carla Long, and I am super duper duper excited about our guest today. She's a very dear friend, and she's from the land down under, and her name is Sue Palmer. Hi, Sue. Hello, Carla. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so glad to see you. So, Sue, we all want to know. Tell us about yourself. Tell us who you are. Well, um... My name's Sue Palmer, and I've been the pastor of the Open Door Congregation in Sydney, Australia, for the last 21 years. <laughs> and uh, that's I'm sitting in the Open Door uh, building at the moment, which is a, a shared building. It's a preschool building, but we have access to um, a space at the end of the building, which is our worship space. So. We've got Rainbow Cross above us, and then we've got um, just a shared facility outside for a foyer and coffee, and it's very laid back. It's not like a, a regular church building, which is kind of good in a way because it's very informal. Yeah. So That always makes me feel more comfortable, too, the informalness. Sometimes, you know, like when you have pews and a pulpit and a stage, it just feels a little bit like you have to be straight like this. And that's not who you are. You don't want it to have to do that. It's easy. It's nice to be easy and open and free. So I'm glad that I'm happy about that for you. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, we, um, we have a, a, a vision statement that talks about how our congregation is like uh, the stable that Jesus was born in, where it's comfy and cozy, maybe a bit smelly. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully not <laughs> but just very uh real and where people can come and kick off their shoes and feel like it's okay just to be who you are and um feel at home so and obviously too the stable is a, a great image because it's it represents new life and new beginnings and uh, and that's something too that's very important to us as we uh, journey with, with Jesus in our lives and and you know look at what that transitioning and that change means for us. So yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that analogy. So you've already told us a little bit about Open Door. Tell us a little bit more about Open Door. What what is interesting about Open Door? What's fun about Open Door? All that stuff. Okay. Well, Open Door has never really being like other Community of Christ congregations, mainly because we started out as a coming out group um, 21 years ago, 1999, when Matthew Naylor was our region president. He uh, 
put a small group of us together and asked if we would be interested in doing something to help the LGBT community. And, and so this um, premises that the church owns out in Western Sydney was available and we kind of became a bit like hermit crabs and moved into this um, building. And uh, we've been here ever since. But we started off meeting on a Thursday night we advertised as a spirituality and coming out group. And um, we had one new lady come along on the first night. Her name's Kathy. And she thought it was tarot cards because we had all said it was spirituality. <laughs> and, um, yeah, she was a bit disappointed because <laughs> we didn't have any tarot cards. But she really um, enjoyed our time together. We just laughed and had coffee and talked and really got to know each other and um, she kept coming back for the next six months of that year and by the end of that 1999 we had um, decided that our name was going to be The Open Door and by then I think we'd started to meet on a Sunday evening and um, we'd only had the one person coming along for that six months. So the um, in December we had a second person turn up. And this was very exciting because it meant that our numbers have now doubled pretty much. And, <laughs> um, and that's the way it's always been with Open Door. We, we don't have huge numbers of people coming along, but those who do come, are, it's, it's really very much about relationship. And suffice to say, Kathy, our first person who came along, um, really liked our second person that came along, Megan, and by the time of the Mardi Gras parade, they had become an item. <laughs> so our first two people hooked up and, um, <laughs> and they're still together today, which is such a great story and such a great um, way to introduce the open door. <laughs> it's, but it is more than a, a dating place. <laughs> But it is, it's a wonderful story. The first two women that came along to our, well, it wasn't really, it wasn't a congregation at that point, but over the years um, there has been an evolving. And by 2008, we were officially recognised and opened as a congregation of Community of Christ. Yeah. Oh, this is a very good story. I like this story a lot. So... <laughs> So how many do people do you have like in, on any given Sunday? The numbers fluctuate. I guess with COVID this year, our numbers have kind of grown because we've been online. <laughs> so because we've had people tuning in from all over the country, which has been really lovely. Um, but before COVID, we were probably getting 10 to 20 people on a Sunday night. So it's not huge numbers. Um, so... But I guess over the years too, I've I've been there's been times when I've been very concerned about numbers, and I guess most pastors are. Numbers are important. It's one of the first questions people always ask me is how many people come, and um, I'm coming to realise that it's really not about how many people are there. It's more about um, our relationship with each other and our relationship with God, and um, you know how well we're looking after each other. So. I completely agree. It is all about those relationships. Mm. Um, sometimes in a bigger congregation, I feel like the relationships are not as strong, really. Mm. So, mm. I mean, 
Um, Adam Wade actually once said to me, he, he's like, I don't think we were ever meant to be a big church. I think that we are meant to be a church that loved each other and loved every single person. And I'm like, oh, I can't you believe that came out of Adam Wade's mouth. Like, really? <laughs> yeah, well, I think that Jesus chose 12 disciples, not 212. So that kind of gives me some hope. <laughs> it's <okay>. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, so you still meet on Sunday nights or you meet on Sunday mornings? No, Sunday nights. We did start Sunday mornings just um, in the last 12 months only because one of our um, congregations had closed and there were some um, members who kind of needed somewhere to, to worship. So we we trialled a Sunday morning and we may go back to that again too, but um, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. So are you still, do you still consider yourself like a coming out group or are you a group that really supports the LGBTQIA plus community. How, what does that look like? Um, I don't know really if we ever were a coming out group because we never really <laughs> had people coming along. I mean, we have had over the years, there have been people that have been in that coming out phase, um, but we definitely have always been an LGBTIQA congregation and um, but we're a congregation that accepts and loves people no matter who they are and um, one of our dear members and friends Denise um, once said you know we take anybody and she kind of said it jokingly but it's true and we try to live by that we do we take anybody and we we've had people from such a wide variety of backgrounds, faith backgrounds, not pretty much every denomination you could think of or every religion you could think of has at some point been represented in our congregation. And, um, and people from no faith background who have no idea what church is about but just want to connect with people and, and be loved, really. And that's really one of the, the joys of Open Door is the diversity of of thought. And, you know, I remember, um, you know, ages ago now, but the offering was getting collected one night and um, the person collecting it had a, a can of Coke in their hand <laughs> as they walked around, you know. And another night I remember um, one of our ministers from another congregation was attending and going to give some ministry that night. We were sitting in a circle and... It was after six o'clock and uh, she said to me, what time are we supposed to start? And I said, we have started <laughs> because there were still people outside. There were people out doing their thing, you know, and it was just that evolution of um, this group coming into being a congregation has been very exciting and fun. Yeah. So it sounds like you do things in a little bit of a different way. And I love that. I love, I always encourage like my worship planners and people, I'm like, do something crazy. I'm totally fine with it. So what does like, do you have something called a normal worship service? Or are they all kind of different? Are they, what's it like to worship at the open door? We do have a format. And um, again, the format has evolved over the years. We always end with prayers. We always end with um, 
people expressing a, a need for prayer or somebody that they know of who needs prayer, who needs God's blessing. And uh, then we have some quiet prayer time and um, people can pray out loud if they want to. Um, so, but since we've been on Zoom, it's been a little bit more sanitized. <laughs> but um, we hope to get back to the messy, <laughs> unpredictable church once we start gathering again physically. But yeah, that is part of our format. And we are very interactive. We enjoy hearing from each other during our time together. And um, I think that's probably one of the important things that people coming into this congregation, there's a, a sense of needing to be heard and uh, needing to find a place to fit in and needing to be useful, finding a, yeah, a, a niche that is theirs that they can do this and finding that purpose. So, yeah, and... Um, I guess that's what it is. It's that interaction which gives people an opportunity to to speak and and be be heard by others. Mm. You know, I have found that to be very true. That you know, it, when you were a kid, it seemed like it was really easy to have conversation with people and have important conversation with people. But it feels like as you get older, those times are fewer and farther between, and like people don't listen to each other anymore. And there's just not really a chance to sit down and like really, really talk and have someone know who you truly are. And so what you offer Sue is a gift. It's a gift for people to get to speak from their heart and speak their truth and be listened to. I, I just love that you do that. I think that's a really, really important ministry that we think might not be important, but I think it might be the most important. Yeah, we've got to be very careful to guard that and um, and not let that um, disappear because we, like any congregation, it's much easier just to have somebody get up the front and, you know, run an order of service, you know, and we've been guilty of that too, especially on Zoom. And um, and pretty soon, you know, we, we don't have, we just, we pretty much have an audience of people rather than, um, a congregation of worshippers who are taking an active part in the worship. And there's a big difference there. And that is the challenge is to maintain that interactivity so that people are owning the worship themselves and engaging in that worship time together. So yeah. how do you facilitate that? What what kinds of things do you do? Do you ask questions? Do you sit in a circle? Do you st still sing hymns together? How, how is this whole thing facilitated? Um, well, over the years, I, I guess um, I'm quite often the person presiding or facilitating. And, um, and it's really just about sort of doing what you're doing now and, I, you know, offering questions for people to, um, to talk about, have an open-ended question, and off we go. And uh, and then trying to rein them in when <laughs> when it gets all too much, <laughs> and uh, and it can be quite fun and it is exciting because you just don't know what people are going to say next. But it's really great because that's how people do get to know each other. And when we have a congregation here that 
they haven't grown up with each other, unlike other congregations where you've known each other for many, many years. You've known their parents or you've known their children. And here we've got people coming in for the first time who don't know each other at all. And so giving people time to talk and get to know each other is really important. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's the most, one of the most important things. So do you, um, do you follow like the lectionary scripture? Do you talk about the Bible? Do you have like any kind of um, Bible study or a book club or anything like that that happens either? Yes. So uh, we do follow our community of Christ um, lectionary each week. And, um, you know, we have, we do, we have a, usually lately we have someone that gives the message and we have the prayer for peace and we have, all of those elements of worship that are fairly traditional. Um, But that's only been recently. And again, you know, this whole notion of letting the spirit breathe is, is so important so that we don't get tied down to just, this is the way you do church and, and letting that um, openness be there so that um, people feel connected. And in that prayer time, um, being able to, bring our ourselves you know before this cross behind me and and remember that you know we are loved with a love that is amazing and that this god is a god who does intervene in our lives and and just come together in prayer to to our loving god is such an important part of what we do and um probably the the pinnacle of our sundays together so that's we, we also have a, a Tuesday night um, group called ESP, which is Eat, Study, Pray. And uh, we don't do much eating online, but it's just a, a chance for us to do a little more study together on a particular theme or topic and have prayer time together. Um, our social times have been always very important too. We'll, we often have dinners together or or catch-ups, coffees and things like that, Um, but not so much lately, but hopefully we'll get back to that again too. Yeah, and um, so so those are pretty much the things that that keep us going as a congregation. Um, And we are looking to um, uh, this uh, a visioning process which was begun by the Sydney pastors a few years ago and we are looking to the future of where we're heading in terms of um, are we going to be staying here in Cranebrook, which is our suburb here in Western Sydney, or are we looking to maybe even one day move premises and find a place that's closer into our Penrith CBD where we could perhaps open more of a cafe-style building where we can be there seven days a week as a seven-day-a-week church um, and uh, connect even more with people who are sensing that isolation and uh, need for a faith community. Sue, that sounds awesome. And Mm -hmm. I can already picture you in that cafe church setting, just chatting with people and helping them feel welcome and loved. Oh, my gosh. I I just got chills thinking about that, that it would be so cool. 
you know, I don't know if you found this um, in at Open Door, but in the Salt Lake City congregation where I'm the pastor, uh, people come to us all the time from um, certain other denominations. <laughs> and um, they really find the enduring principles to be really wonderful. And I don't know if that, that has been true for your congregation, but the enduring principle of worth of all persons and all are called and... So, a lot of those have just been so meaningful to our people. Has that been true in the Open Door congregation as well? Yeah. Um, for those who have um, invested some time and have stuck around, because, you know, we have people that come and go and we have people that have come and stayed. And uh, for those that have come and stayed and uh, have gotten to know Community of Christ a little bit better, um, they love the Doctrine and Covenants and they love the Enduring Principles they love um, our mission initiatives, and I, they're so so good. You know, we um, in fact the other night for our Bible study, we looked at the mission initiatives, and and it's it's great because the people that we're interacting with are people who are not who have never known Community of Christ before, and they they're finding this church to be a gem. Um, you know, so many people have come from denominations where they've been rejected because of their sexuality or or whatever and here's a little church that where they're finding their place and um and where it's where there's an openness um to god and um yeah and there's an openness to um new ways of thinking and and it's okay to think differently and People still love you, even though you may not all agree with each other. And I know sometimes that's not the case, but, <laughs> you know, but it is. It's true. Like we we don't always agree with one another, but we put our relationship with each other at the top of the ladder. And that's that's different. And, you know, I've grown up in the church and I there's, there's so much that I realise now I've taken for granted over the years um, just from mixing with people from Open Door who just, they have no idea that um, there's this connection that we have in our church with each other that is just unparalleled. We have this relationship and this love um, that is really amazing and very special. I totally agree with you. Um, Since being here in Salt Lake, you know, you know, women in the priesthood, we, we started ordaining women in the priesthood in community Christ in when I was seven years old. And so there's never really been a time in my life when I didn't think that I could be a minister or when I didn't see women up front. And so I've never in my life thought that I was a second class citizen at church, but millions, if not billions of people in the world think of themselves, women, for instance, or people who are LGBTQIA or whatever, think of themselves as second-class citizens. And that is simply not true in community of Christ. And it is mind-blowing for people. Like it blows people's minds. When I was pregnant, I told people that I was the only pregnant bishop in all of Utah. And they thought that was just hilarious, you know, to have a, a woman bishop who's pregnant. That's crazy, you know? And so, I mean, just, it just blew people away to have, and, and like I, I, there are women in the congregation who look at me and they're like, I want my daughter to grow up the way you grew up, Carla. I want them to know that they are, um, 
they can do anything they want to do and that they are welcome to and so on and so forth. So um, I think we are incredibly blessed or however you want to call it to get to grow up in a place where we always felt our worth and we knew our worth. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, very true. And, um, you know, I I recall back um, in 2016 here when marriage equality was getting voted on and um, and I said to our mission president, Ben, can we please, once it was voted on in Australia, we went through that whole process of, you know, all the yes campaign and all the, the huge no campaign that was going on. And you know, it was just a, a really horrible time, to be honest. And I remember talking with Ben and saying, if it does come through in Australia, the yes vote wins, do we have to go through another vote with the church? Because... We got voted on for ordination. We've been voted on, you know, in the country here now. Can you spare us <laughs> another vote? Because it's horrible. And uh, thankfully, uh, because we'd already been through that process with ordination, I don't know, but we didn't have to do another vote. And and that was just really great. And we um, we now have marriage equality as well, which is terrific. Yeah. I remember that day in Australia. I celebrated with you from far, far away, of course, but I celebrated with you because that journey was a long journey in Australia. And like you said, painful. Was it hard for the people in Open Door to go through that? Yeah, we um, we 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 talked about it a lot because there was so much hate going on, especially in social media, that we um, we talked about, you know, the need to stay off social media and just don't get caught up with it and all of that. But, um, you know, so we got through it and we were thankful for that in the end. But uh, it was soon after that. I've got one little story to share with you about um, a lady named Amanda. And um, I spoke to her prior to the podcast to ask her permission to share her story. Uh, She started coming along to Open Door probably maybe two and a half years ago now. And um, it was her psychologist that had um, told her about Open Door because Amanda was right at the very beginning stage of transitioning from male to female. And uh, she had um, attempted to end her life a couple of times. Well, I'm not sure how many times, but she really needed to have um, some support in her life. And I remember the first time I had a phone call from her and And she was very worried about coming to the church. She was very anxious about coming to the church dressed as a woman. And um, and I encouraged her and told her that, you know, she will be fine. It will be safe and supportive and it would be great to come as a woman because that way people will get to know you straight away for who you really are. And, um, And that's what she did. She braved it that first time for, for so many newcomers turning up and walking through that door, the first time is very scary, but she did it. And um, since that time, she's just blossomed and um, has become an integral part of our congregation and was baptised earlier on in this year up at the Green Cathedral at um, up at Foster there where Pastor Wendy is. And um, so we were just able to share in that baptism with the wider church community and 
and uh, and it was just very special. And then she and um, another special person in our congregation were confirmed the following week here. I just wanted to let you know that that's just um, one of so many stories of people over the years who have um, come and um, found a connection with and, and an acceptance that God's love is for all people and that um, the church's doors are open. Um, so I, I just hope that we can continue to um, be that open door for, for people like Amanda who just desperately need um, this this love. I, I don't know if you've, you probably have sung um, hymn number 350. Is one of, it's become one of our best favourite ones, top ten. Um, we are a family of faith. We have a saviour who's kind. We lift each other up. We leave no one behind. And uh, it goes on, if the least of us should stumble, we all feel the pain. Community of Christ is our name. And uh, we love that hymn, and we hope that we can live up to those words in it too. So you're making me cry. <laughs> I loved hearing the story of Amanda. I And I love that she was baptized up at the Green Cathedral. Oh, that, like I can picture it in my head and it just makes me so happy to, that she has found a place. Um, I think that if the only thing Community of Christ ever does is help people find a place in a spiritual home, then we have done exactly what we're called to do. And it sounds like that's exactly what you're doing at Open Door. Thanks be to God. And, you know, I know God has kept the door open for these many years. And I I pray that the good Lord will continue to do that, um, not just here, but around the whole the whole world, that we are going to continue to, to be faithful to God just as God is faithful to us. Absolutely. Yeah. And, Sue, I... I know that it's a difficult job to be a pastor. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and you've done it a lot longer than I've had. I've only done it for two years. But um, I just want to say publicly how much I appreciate what you do. Um, it's, a, it's a really hard, but it's such an important job. And to have someone like you, who is kind and compassionate and understanding, be a part of a ministry that is can be hard at times and challenging at times is just so wonderful. So thank you so much for doing what you do. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me on here today too. Yeah. I really enjoyed talking to you. So um, before we sign off, is there anything else that you want to tell me about open door that I didn't ask you or that you wanted to talk about? And I forgot. Um, no, I think I'm good. <laughs> Well, you've already made me cry, so I'm going to go ahead and <laughs> check that one <laughs> Have a wonderful worship service tomorrow. And you too. Well, the following day, I would imagine. But That's anyway. right. It's Friday here. It's Saturday. There. <laughs> uh, Sue, it's wonderful to talk to you. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you, Carla. Thank you, and God bless. Thanks for listening to Project Zion Podcast. Subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, or whatever podcast streaming service you use. And while you are there, give us a five-star rating. Project Zion Podcast is sponsored by Latter-day Seeker Ministries of Community of Christ. The views and opinions expressed in this episode 
are of those speaking and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Latter-day Seeker Ministries or Community of Christ. The music has been graciously provided by Dave Hines. 